Mouse and Weens, hello. Hi. Back again. Happy Sunday. What's it up, is Sunday. How are you? Um, I'm good. You're alive and well. Catch us up on this uh, tragedy yesterday. This was kind of crazy. I got some texts from you last night that were oh, yeah. scary. Was... Yeah, it was the Trader Joe's shooting, and it's right down the street from my house. It's the one I go to all the time. I generally try to avoid it on the weekends because it's so crowded. And quarter mile um, away from you. And yeah, yeah, you sent a text saying there was a car crash and everybody was holed up inside the Trader Joe's, right? So yes. what happened? It's very sad. Yeah, a guy was uh, killed his grandma and put his girlfriend in the car. Who's I think she was eighteen. I can't remember what oh. the newspaper said, but. Um, he drove, it was a, I don't someone called saying that he stole the grandma's car, and so it was a high-speed chase, and then he couldn't make the corner. He was driving down Hyperion Boulevard and couldn't make the corner turn. Someone said he was up on three wheels, so just ran into the pole right in front of Trader Joe's, and then oh. got out of the car, and the cops started firing at him, and he fired back, and then ran inside the Trader Joe's, and I think he killed someone inside, oh, and then God. had everybody lay on the floor. And it was for three hours total. I don't know how long they were inside, but some people oh climbed out the window. They used the emergency ladders and got out from, like, the upstairs employee room. Oh, and good. Some later were released. I think they let people out the front door. Oh, and my More God. news reports will come out. But, yeah, I just – all the helicopters were – Someone told me it was going on and sent me the live feed, so I was watching it, and then I realized it's right down the street. Ugh. And I was hearing all the chaos and the ambulances go by and the helicopters that were like six up in the sky above my house, so I just took my bike and I went down there. Jeez. And there was a lot. There was so... I will show you a picture of what I took, but there's tons of just all the... Yeah, tons of... Emergency vehicles, ambulances, fire trucks, cop cars, yeah. tons of SWAT team, and they rolled their barricaded, you know, you open the doors of your SUV and you hide behind it, and they wow. rolled their car up, like put it in neutral, and all, you could see them running behind the car, getting their car closer, using it as a shield. Oh my God. It's crazy. And then they were, some of the cops were by the window like the negotiator ones using a mirror on a pole it looked like to see inside to see if they could see uh, anything yeah. i'm sure it was higher technology than a mirror on a pole but that's <laughs> what it looked like to me <laughs> that's cool and did it remind you of a movie set i mean all i know is what i see on the movies so it sounds like just any of these bank robbery kind of shows or something well it's weird and in in a strange way that's why i went down there because i was bothered by the fact that i was watching this on a screen watching mm -hmm. a live feed and something inside of me said you need to like our lives are so because also I'm watching this live feed of it mm -hmm. on someone's Facebook and all these assholes are commenting and it's so flippant much like maybe this sounded like when we're talking about celebrities in the beginning but it was know, really like as it was happening it was like well I guess it's gonna be hard to buy 
French covered peanuts now and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, just jokes. And I'm like, this is so nuts because we're kind yeah. of far removed from the actual feeling of things right. because it's all and through screens. It's really right down the street from you. It was really happening. And this was, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wanted Real to go people. there and get in it. And then also, if it was possible that I could get shot, then I would get off this TV show job that I'm on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that would be my secret. Uh, Jesus. Well, seriously, I'm so tired oh <laughs> i did kind yeah. of find like maybe if i just get shot like in a toe then i can get some disability <laughs> but then i would God. have to be doing it weeds set, don't so. think that oh Wait. you're my sister don't no shot off toes please oh uh, what's what going on the cat just sorry <laughs> this fucking stinkers my cat just sat on my lap and ripped out my headphones you dropped to the ground and then i was trying to maintain it and hold it all together then her tail flipped up and hit the microphone this is a very professional operation here that's right real life problems real life problems hey cats wow so does it does it does remind you it of a deadly <laughs> deadly do right it did do it deadly do little remind you of a movie set and yeah you're working on a cop show right now so it all ties together that you would want to get shot off the cop show and yeah uh, well that's weird because it's real easy to not i can't imagine that's why it's almost like you i guess are a little flippant in a weird way the shit goes down all the time and obviously not like but it was hard to feel I mean, at first when I heard it, I was all about, oh, my God, that's terrible. And then you think of the people inside. And and then after a while, it does feel like a movie. It's weird because you're kind of right. not. But then I had a friend, my friend Chris up in San Francisco was held at gunpoint in a he was buying sneakers at an Adidas shop. And oh, geez. and he still has PTSD from it. And right. really. And it's that was, you know. Six years later, he was, it, he couldn't even talk about it. It was really, I can't imagine the PTSD kind of stress that comes out of a situation like oh, that. Oh, I know. I know. I it, it does make you look at all these shows in a different light, and you hear about all these shootings. And, right, they're so commonplace that we're not even thinking it's that big of a deal almost. I mean, we do. But... To be right there. Well, I'm glad you're okay, and Thank it you. is tragic that so one woman did get shot. So he shot her right when he got into the store. Is that? I'm not sure how it. I actually yeah. I tried to stay. Well, I was out all morning, but I have not read. That's my understanding, but I would have not to read mind. more deeply into it because I I was so immersed in it. It took you know it's like four or five hours of this going down last night and right. It sort of is, a, it's just a lot to absorb emotionally, right. I guess, if, and it was very much a, right down the street, and then I ended up going there and talking to a lot of the reporters, and then it, and then, like, uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., walked up. It was a whole crazy, that whole scene was interesting, because after all this drama went down, and mm-hmm. you're seeing some of the people get carted away, and going in the ambulances, and then all of a sudden... Like, you hear, everything's okay. He's in custody. He's in handcuffs. He's in the car, and everybody kind of cheers, and the cameras wow. go down, and they go like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you see a group of 20 people come marching through this line of ambulances towards where the I was with all the journalists. 
mm-hmm. and there's all the microphones set up and then he does his big statement to all the different news channels but it looked like that scene and the right stuff all right millennials yeah pull, <laughs> dust off your computers pull up wikipedia the right stuff was a film released <laughs> where the whole yeah long row of them come marching down slow motion down the street yeah, yeah. but yeah, now they have it. In like also all used in a fine movie with Christian Slater, millennials, called oh. Gleaming the Cube. We've talked about they... this before. This is your... That, I can't not talk about it. You're <laughs> wanting movie. to be on a skateboard and following vans or something. Was that the, yes. the reference? It was yeah. the days when you would jump on the back of a Winnebago with, with a ladder in the back. You hold on to it, such as right. the film Gleaming the Cube, and you skate around town. What happens if you hit a rock on those tiny wheels? I'm right. not sure. That part didn't or Marty in McFly. The movie. Wasn't there a Back to the Future Marty thing? McFly. Right. Also, Teen Wolf stands on the top of a van, if that's what you're thinking about. It was oh, around, it was about yes. the time when he wolfed out. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wolfing out. You yeah. loved him. Michael he, J. Fox? Didn't you? Weren't you a big fan back in the day? Um, no. That was just Bruce Willis. Oh, just Bruce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you're so sorry. Closing up the Trader Joe's thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll post all the pictures on social media. And um, yeah, glad you're safe. Can I talk about this, though? Yes. I am also I happen to be reading a book called. Whoops, I think it's called Your Body. It's around here somewhere. Your Body Holds Trauma. Ooh, mm. Where Your Body Holds the Shame, something like that. Okay. It's all about people with trauma. Mm-hmm. who and how it manifests in their body physiologically for the rest of their lives unless you get treatment. So wow. if you've been abused when you were younger or if you've been to war or mm-hmm. if you've seen anything in the case of these people probably are going to have PTSD, but it's amazing. It actually changed, changes the circuitry in your brain and you're more prone to have raging attacks where you suddenly rage, you're disassociated from... Wow. normal uh, emotional behavior you suddenly fly into fits it's just fascinating right so explaining the ptsd and probably what we see with a lot of veterans that have been to war yes and, wow that's crazy so really what defines what defines a trauma this came up yesterday i was talking to a friend and you know everybody seems to have a trauma in their past but she was kind of saying well is that really a trauma that you know the kids kicked you out of the room and now you are mad at the world because you were rejected when you were a kid from other other kids you know yeah what i sure. mean so What's how do you grade yeah rate your trauma like what i don't know i mean i think i mm-hmm. guess the real easy ones to define are going to be the big car crashes and blood and right. war and things but yeah i don't know would yeah. that be I think from what, I don't know, I would guess that you, what I keep hearing about is however you interpret your experience of that bad thing is Mm -hmm. how it manifests itself in your world. So one person, I was reading about this, like one person gets raped and they are, um, you know, the rest of their lives are destroyed and they stay in that shame of it and and Mm -hmm. another person might take that and start becoming an advocate and helping others so it's the same thing can happen to a different person and it's how you 
take that experience and and I guess that's all right personal but then if these things are actually changing your brain chemistry I mean I don't know what do you yeah that's wild so it it can come out in sickness or um, maybe overeating, obesity, or yeah, you know, different food struggles. Well, what Interesting. Do you think? What has been something traumatic in your life? Oh, I haven't had a lot of trauma. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I guess the biggest thing that we had was dad dying, but I was in my early 20s when that happened, so I was pretty well developed then. Although I guess that yeah. doesn't matter. Um, were you able to process that okay and feel comfortable so. afterwards? Did you have any kind of major grief you had to deal with? or? Um, well, it was interesting because we were served with a lawsuit by his um, his second wife. Yeah, she was right awesome. after that. Yeah, so we couldn't even grieve properly. We had to deal with his being sued for everything because she wanted she his wanted estate. She wanted all of his money after yeah, a year and, and a half. And uh, he had yeah. already had Mouse and I on a, on a will in case anything happened, and like his kids would, mm. which wasn't a lot of money. It was like, but she wanted everything of anything he had to leave behind his house, yeah. his, because um, was it to somehow inhabit her planet? And I planet don't know. Zion, yeah, planet she sphincter. Had... She's Mormon. <laughs> There was a whole LDS component to it, and I don't really understand it either. I would like to find out more about that. I'm going to look up some podcasts about that. I know there's one called The Mormon Happy Hour. I want to check that one out. But I have read a few books about it back in the day. But back to processing. I don't know. I think I I just dealt with it the way I dealt with things. I don't know if it's manifested in another bad way. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to therapy. I don't do therapy but I just why don't you do therapy I feel like it's a waste of time and money and I don't need it honestly isn't that weird I'm very black and white and I feel very even keeled and happy and I don't know what I would say in there really that's so (laughs) interesting that so life is good it just is how I am I know we keep talking about this and I I want to talk about it some more I want to find (laughs) out where you're where's your wolf spot I don't have one. I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, I guess body image is something that I am coming to grips with. So that one has been interesting for me. Um, is that just an age thing? I, yeah, I guess so. I think so. Growing up, I was super skinny and mom was always trying to fatten me up and feeding me milkshakes and whole milk and eggs and cheese and you know, just trying to fatten me up. That was my whole life. Fatten up, fatten up, eat everything off your plate. And so I grew up until I was in college and then um, started feeling like, okay, I've I've gotten my happy weight. Now let's chill out. But my eating habits were already in place. So I, I love to eat. I love food. Food is life. Do you feel like this? You have a different relationship with food. You can cut it off pretty quickly, huh? Um. Yeah, I'm not. I don't, yeah. Yeah, see, and deal. I love to eat just because I think I've always been taught from a young age, like, eat it all up. And Have you talked to a therapist about this? No, I don't feel like it's a big <laughs> deal, though, because now I can kind of turn it off when I need to. It's not like a whole... Well, you have a great body. I would not say that you're overweight at all. 
and that it's way. right. It's kind of average or whatever. But I do get embarrassed. So this is kind of a big thing for me. So we've talked about this. I did the cool sculpting cool to sculpting. try to melt my little fat pads, and then I have been working out on at Orange Theory really hard for you know six months. Has it been nine Woo. months? And yeah, so I'm feeling more confident and yesterday we went to the beach and i wore a bikini for the first time in 13 years <gasps> you did yeah, it i did it <laughs> how'd it feel so, it was fine it was good you know and what's Woo. funny and i keep realizing this anytime we go anywhere by the beach or at, the, at a pool is that there are plenty more people out there wearing bikinis yeah. that look way different than i do and they're perfectly fine walking down the beach. Why do I have this issue? So the bottom line always ends up being just be happy with your body. It's just a body, everybody. And I don't know. What does slim good body always say? <laughs> like, slim good body, my yeah, lover, back yes. from elementary school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Slim good body would say just eat your freaking vegetables and, uh, and, right. and love your body. So finding that balance and the whole thing, yeah. So, but it was cute because the kids saw me and said, "Mom, is that a new bathing suit?" And I was like, "Yeah, it is." And and my oldest son said, "I've never seen you wear a bathing suit like that, and you look so pretty." They were so complimentary Aww. and cute, and they didn't even know I had a thing with it. So I was like, "Yeah," Yay. but I kept showing awesome. my husband. I'm like should I wear it should I not should I wear it should I not he's like you look fine wear it wear whatever makes you comfortable just wear yeah. whatever makes you comfortable so I'm like okay I'm gonna do it it's like a Aww. big deal and you know it really and now wasn't it's not, a big deal right it's not it's not a big deal so see learn was, from the mouse just it show exciting. it flaunt it and <laughs> honestly you go to other countries I remember going to Italy and these women are just robust and they own it and they walk with confidence and they're wearing half shirts and crazy yeah. little skimpy dresses and bikinis and they just own it. And I think right? we're culturally so obsessed with body and weight. It's true. And, and then like the dudes walking around, like guys don't really have many options. They have to wear trunks and then no shirt. And yeah. so many guys have, you know, the back fat and the big old pot bellies and they just cruise around strutting their stuff and yeah. seem to have no issues. I don't so know. So why do women, I think yeah. we're finally, I don't know. What do you see with, because I remember one time with your littlest girl, mm -hmm. this was a couple of years ago, and we were upstairs and you're changing, we'll just call it a changing bedroom since your closet is the size of <laughs> my, actually we'll call it the changing cottage. It's probably as big <laughs> as my up. whole house. But um this was, we, yeah, we built this house, and this was my one little splurge, was I wanted a big closet. So it's a big walk-in closet with, like, it's a little big. dresser in the middle. A if you want to have a housewives. disco dance party, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. um, we were changing, and I said, I made some comment next to your little, she must have been five years old daughter, mm -hmm. littlest, and um, I said something like, ooh, I took off my shirt and looked at the stomach and said, times have been good to me or something i can't remember yeah. <laughs> was, i'm sure that's what it was i don't know what the word was i think it was uh wait what's that wait i want to sing the song about the hay penny why oh yeah it just I came in my head bring us a figgy pudding so bring <laughs> us a figgy pudding is it christmas time yeah i don't figgy know pudding probably it's christmas time every day in my brain 
for some reason, the only time of happiness in my life has been Christmas. So oh, don't say that. <laughs> there. Oh, yeah. Help me. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. And I and you said you told me to not do any body shaming anything in front of your little daughter, and mm. it made me shut up very quickly. And you were trying to really keep her insulated from the idea of the women and being. Yeah, you get it. Right. Yeah. And I try real hard not to, too. But things slip up. You can't help it. And, you know, I'll I'll pass on a, a dish. Everybody's having ice cream. And I'll say, no, no, thanks. And why not? And, oh, I'm trying not to eat too much, you know, my tummy or something. And then I'll catch myself and I'll do little things, too. So but I'm trying not to. Yeah. And she's she's probably got a similar body, maybe a little different you know and so I I worry for her that she'll deal with body image issues down the road but it's so cute when they're young they have no idea they're just like you know rocking that little little bod and it's no big deal and it shouldn't be and it shouldn't ever change I hate that it changes I hate that we worry about it Um, although I do have a theory I it all goes back to the caveman you guys are gonna hear it always goes back Yes, this caveman theory is a big theme in my life. Everything goes back yes. to caveman. I invented, <laughs> I'm here to say, uh-huh. I invented the paleo diet way back in the day before it actually was a thing. And wow. I talked to a friend who's a nutritionist, and we were going to write a book about it and everything, and never really? did. And then it came out. Yeah, wow. but that we're, you know, animals meant to eat the way that cavemen did, right? So we're foraging and and saving, and you might have the occasional kill, so you can eat meat, kind of in a in a big chunk. Eat a eat a buffalo; it'll take you a week to go through it, and then you're done. And then it'll be back to vegetables and grains for a while, and probably not a lot of fruit because that's a seasonal thing. And so we should probably mimic how we used to eat as cavemen. And I think that's kind of the paleo. But then, what if concept. you live? off of fruit because you're in South America or somewhere and you're a jungle person and you're living off of well, I guess right. you still have the occasional meat this I guess true. it would still be the same in yeah. every area of the world except for maybe Alaska and places where you eat a lot of blubber and <laughs> yeah yeah so thinking about all the regional differences how that would work for where you are maybe it has something to do with the weather there too but what about evolution, sister? Because I am a vegetarian. Yes. And I don't feel like I am, you know, malnourished because of that choice. And mm-hmm. I've also heard different things about our stomachs have evolved to, you know, it used to be that we were designed more to have a stomach like the jaguar. And that it was some weird thing I was reading. And <laughs> now we we have um, our teeth don't are not incised, so we don't eat meat like we may have back in the day mm-hmm. um so our teeth have evolved into more of the uh, uh plant eater teeth and then also our stomachs have gotten away right. from the stomachs that process meat and more into the vegetable and grain stomachs yeah and i agree that evolution is a big part of it of course like we can't truly eat like the cavemen did but i guess generally speaking i think there's just some sort of element of that is probably the way nature intends it that we should eat more in that direction so of course all the processed foods and eating too much of any one thing you know carbs it's as if (laughs) what are they what was the movie wasn't there a a movie where the uh, Eskimos had to pre-chew the 
grains mm. for the grandmother because they lost all their teeth. I feel like Ooh. eating a like cracker. Adam Sandler was involved in that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like something else. Yeah. But eating a cracker is like eating pre-chewed food for you. You know, I feel oh. like these machines are taking the grains and crunching them up for you and spitting them back out and baking them and then you eat them. So yeah. it you're losing so much nutrient value. Anyway, so just the general sense that we don't eat well, as well as the caveman theory applies to how we look because we are trying to attract the male of our species, right? We as females are trying to attract a male to procreate. So everything is about reproduction. And uh, if you're seeing the men attracted to the skinnier body types, looking at media or magazines or whatever, um, then you're going to try to emulate what they're attracted to. Then it breeds uh, competition. That's why mean girls exist and why girls really can't support each other. Women can't truly support each other because there's some instinctual cave woman brain thing going on and we're all trying to beat each other out um, all right now i'm gonna competitively throw a wrench a tiny wrench just okay as a devil's it. advocate what about lesbians and gay folks right and so there's always the exception to the rule so i think yeah and that's an evolutionary thing i think too that maybe the population is such that you know, we don't need to reproduce as much, so certain people don't have that instinct. Um, they're wired differently, and they're born not to need that, so there's that. I think that they're also, they've discovered that there were gay people in tribes back in the mm. beginning of time and humanity. There was, um, and then there were cross-dressers. Hmm. They said that they were, you know, Male, female, they were always hermaphrodites. They were, they've discovered some of this that I read about, but also it was important for the balance of the tribes. Mm hmm. So there, yeah. And then they and would also it... have another type called a contrarian or a trickster. There was a whole book about that who, oh. it's, they served the purpose of keeping everything uh, intriguing and also keeping <laughs> like the, the one, you know, gesture of the tribe, I guess. Right. But oh, that's anyway. funny. Yeah. Like that entertainer. Uh, and then, isn't it the Maori people? Kind yeah, of currently, the they have a third gender. Where it's called Fafa Fui. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> what? They, anyway. They dress their, they want one boy in the family, so, I'm sorry, wait, female. I'm going to get this wrong, so we're going to do a fact check, but um, Fafa Fui's they're if they are an all boy if you only have males children mm -hmm. one of the males is known uh it has to dress up as a female so there'll be this big samoan built man with like stubble and uh, high heels and a skirt and a bra and dress like a woman and they're oh. called fafa fuis and they are the female of the family and it's common and people don't laugh at it. It's part of the culture. Wow. And am I right? Is it Maui? Maori? Is it Fiji? Fact check. Fafafini are people who identify themselves as a third gender in Samoa. 
a recognized gender identity slash gender role since at least the early 20th century in Samoan society and some theorize an integral part of the traditional Samoan culture, Fafafini are assigned male at birth and explicitly embody both masculine and feminine gender traits, fashioned in a way unique to this part of the world. Their behavior typically ranges from extravagantly feminine to conventionally masculine. A prominent Western theory was that if a family had more boys than girls or not enough girls to help with the women's duties about the house, male children would be chosen to be raised as Fafafini. It's estimated that 1.5 Samoans identify as Fafafini, not Fafafui. Sorry, guys. Anyway, yeah. So that is interesting. And I can't necessarily explain that one. But although I think that it might apply to later in life, people who come out, you know, maybe they were bisexual, uh, reproduced, they had their families, and then as they get older and hormone levels are changing, um, perhaps they, you know, slide up that scale toward more, you know, later in life lesbians or gay men, you know, mm-hmm. don't feel that need to reproduce, don't feel that competition and hormones make their attractions different. I don't know. It's just I'm going to bring on a few. I have several gay friends and I want to okay. bring on a couple maybe to talk about this because it would be interesting to hear theories. Right. And yeah. I think it's yeah. all very fascinating. It is. Yeah. Caveman. I wrote a song Caveman. called Cave Girl for the hit show, the Aquabat Super Show. Oh, you did? I submitted it for a scene, and I don't think anyone ever listened to it. I look in the looked in the Dropbox later. No one opened it. But oh. um, <laughs> but I, I still like have to a song it. called Cave Girl. Why don't you and, stick uh, it on the end here? This could be okay. cute. Yeah? Okay. Nice. It'll go with the theory because now the other thing is, as our as our sort of power is shifting back mm-hmm. to, you know, a little more equality for the female. Is that going to mm-hmm. shift our caveman dynamic? Interesting. I wonder. Because you're, you're going from the thing of caveman, mm-hmm. male-dominated, patriarchal, but um, is that coming from your brain being raised in the society? And there were different, you know, tribes and societies that were more female Mm-hmm. dominant throughout history i think india is one of them there's queen kamehameha from hawaii right are there mm-hmm. other we have our queens of england who had the power so historically right. power has shifted throughout the years right i here not so much right yeah i don't know i and we're coming from kind of a coastal perspective too so west coast and east coast of the united states were more progressive more liberal and maybe we are seeing that shift, but when you take a whole cross-section of the United States, is that happening everywhere? Um, look at people, look at the women's marches against Trump. Right, yeah. There that was is pretty that. intense, and that was, I mean, I see that as like, I think we were talking about the whole suffrage movement and everything. Was that mm-hmm. you? I can't remember. Mm-mm. But this is sort of like when you saw the, the uprising of women back in the day, you know, to get women's voting rights. And he, and right. then it was again in the 60s or in the 70s and around right. the civil rights time. It was the power, the women's voice again. And um, sort of, uh, I mean, just the pay raise. Back then there were ads. That I was watching a documentary on feminism and even in the 50s and 60s, it was like the freaking ads for secretaries. It was mm-hmm. like... Please be a good-looking female. Oh yeah. Uh, five eight or taller. Um, 
be quiet and yes. <laughs> do your job. Like the terrible. And that was in the 50s and 60s. It was right. ridiculous. So that's sort of what bred that big, you know, uprising of women again for, right. for you know, uh, salary equality. So they, and now we're still doing that again. I know. It's crazy. I know. The, the difference is huge. Well, yeah. I love Lean In. I read that book. I made my husband read the book and, you know, he runs a law firm so he you know he he took it in and so I'm making sure he hires you know across the board when he's looking for an attorney position and uh what was the book lean in can you describe lean it in folks uh Cheryl Sandberg is uh CEO of Google no Facebook no what is she? I Shit. think it was Facebook. I feel was like. Was it Facebook? Okay. Let's do a fact check again. Fact check. Lean in. Women work in the will to lead is a 2013 book by Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer of Facebook. Anyway, she wrote her book about, um, you know, don't walk into a meeting room if you're in a corporation as a woman and sit in one of the side chairs. You know, why not take the head of the table chair and... Just all sorts of nice reminders and facts and tips and um, her story. And I loved it. It was very inspiring. And it applies to little girls as they're growing up. You know, if, if there's a girl who's loud, if there's a girl who's, you know, let's play house and she wants to kind of run the scene. Like, okay, you be the dad, you be the mom, da, da, da. And a boy calls her bossy. You know, what? what is she supposed to do at that point? Kind of yeah. sit back and go, oh, yeah, I am bossy. That's Have a bad thing. Have you been bossy? Only by you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure my kids think I am. It's but good. No, you I'm... know what? Bossy could be me dealing with my own issues of being, I need to be more of an asshole, honestly, I think. Right. I, I think, think you're comes... too nice, too. I think. Well, I'm not yeah, anymore. Need... So... Really? You've, you've come out of your Yeah. Nice... And Shall that's good. maybe why I'm sounding like an extra asshole sometimes on this thing. But, yeah, I'm just not – I just don't have the tolerance I did even three months ago. <laughs> so, that's good. That's yeah. good. I know. You're awakening. You're... Uh, it's... Anyway, yeah, I am trying to raise a strong little girl who has two very loud, boisterous big brothers who kind of try to rule the show because they are four years and six years older than her. And even though she's smaller and she's a female and she has a littler, you know, role in the family, I mean, not necessarily, but just because it's two against one. It's the boys against the girl. And she's the youngest. Yeah, and she always kind of succumbs to what they want, and I'm just, like, fiercely saying, no, don't. Don't let them tell you what to do. You have just as much of a say as they do. And so I'm trying my hardest in my I think there's an intrinsic microcosm. nurturer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in she is that. Girls. Yeah. yeah. And she watches me like a hawk. I mean, I am her role model. So and by default, as the stay-at-home mom, I'm the one doing the dishes. I'm the one doing the laundry. Yeah. I'm the one, you know, making the meals. She watches me and then mimics me so right now her biggest kick this summer has been doing dishes she loves doing dishes she'll wow. pull up the stool and she says you guys want to come visit for a while yeah That'd be great. <laughs> she, she would love it and uh she loves doing dishes she loves helping me with laundry she's just got that little domesticated thing you going did on. that with mom too and i was that way too so where was yeah. i 
you were play like playing with the boys down the street. You were riding BMX bikes and yeah. shaving Barbie's heads and <laughs> riding skateboards and building I forts. I really do not enjoy cleaning at all. I don't know no. if some people do, but that's the least satisfying thing to me. I doing really laundry. Don't like it. I just do it out of necessity. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess I like folding it and getting it in a nice pile like there's something satisfying about that but that's it's it. you know what's cute is when you go ha, 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 and then all the birds come in and start helping right. you and the squirrels oh, just yeah. dancing with my broom and little oh, puff piles of you dust. should see her and her yeah, little my puff, headband puff dress yeah <laughs> it's so sweet my high heels yeah uh, anyway no, she's just got that i had that i don't know what it is and you were yeah catching lizards and snakes and talking about sharks and alligators and i did love that stuff and i don't know did. if apparently i was reading some child development stuff too mm-hmm. and i guess when there's a role filled by one of the kids the other kid finds their own role where they stand out so you were, yeah. you know, more of the peaser of mom and became more of the leader of the whatever household. And then I became like this, I don't know, they called it either the comedic, they had it broken down. Let's do another mm-hmm. fact check. I'll try to find it and see what the different common roles are. Fact check. Austrian psychiatrist Alfred Adler believed that sibling hierarchy has a profound effect on influencing everything from career choices to people we fall in love with. Oldest children are typically more responsible, confident, and natural leaders because they are more likely to have authority over younger siblings. They tend to be bossy, perfectionists, and warriors and may put pressure on themselves to succeed. Middle children are more adaptable, diplomatic, and often popular and patient. However, they struggle to establish a clear role for themselves and many go through a period of rebellion and can be competitive. Youngest children are impulsive and good at getting their own way they often rebel as a way of distinguishing themselves from older brothers and sisters and are more likely to take risks and choose a career that is different from other members of their family All right, yeah. but i think mine was probably like goofy goofy you know wacky kind of wild one i don't know mm-hmm. would you put it there was some category yeah, you were fit into you were the entertainer you definitely were the entertainer i was the the good girl the people pleaser yeah but was it true? Because mom said I was super shy. And I also feel like I it was very shy. Like going on stage. I think I just had ADD. I don't know. <laughs> when we all look at it. I know. It didn't really exist back then. Um, anyway, what no, role, I don't guys, everybody listening, what role did you play in your right. household? Because it would be neat to hear if this is a true theory. Because some of these theories, too, they're written in these books and, you know. Maybe hey. they're a little dated, so let's hear. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah, I'm Mouse is the older one, the but two girls, so maybe there was like some role that wasn't filled because we didn't have a boy in the family, so you were a little more tomboyish because that needed to balance it out. I don't know. Yeah, I would huh. love to hear. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's close so, it out. Cavemen out there in the world, yes, please write in. Cave people um, and cave girls. Yeah, and I a couple little things I wanted to announce too that are exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now on Spotify, Woo-hoo! so yes, we're on the big green icon button that everybody seems to go to, and I've heard good things about um, a lot of people finding each other that way. So 
Look for us on Spotify. Please share and follow and tell your friends. That's also the other big thing is word of mouth. If you can just say, hey, I listened to these two girls and, you know, while I was driving and doing something really boring and they talked the whole time and but it's fun we want to be your friends that you get to have a little conversation with so tell your let friends us, to let us let us be your friend please join join be my friendship friend. <laughs> so yeah. yeah so that's that and then um all your other social media stuff we'll keep posting away yeah um, anything on your that's end weens you have anything to plug are you playing any shows coming up or i'd like to get plugged <laughs> <laughs> all the guys out there Weens i'm just kidding your mother listens to the show come on <laughs> i'm kidding all right uh. anyway moving on no <laughs> okay i'm sorry i'm really hot so what's happening is uh let's just close this thing off i'm gonna start i'm in this freaking furnace because i can't turn on my air conditioner because it's too loud in the microphone or my fan so i'm just like a frog in boiling water and i'm starting <laughs> Because like, it's slowly gotten hotter and hotter, and I could feel myself getting closer to the microphone and like sliding down in my chair. And then my cat was laying on me, so it adds like an extra 20 degrees of fur. And I was just starting to think about, I was like fading off thinking about cave people. It's, it's been really warm and squishy. <laughs> so, All right, we got to get her some cool air, folks. Give me, and also, get, never mind, give me a man now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, a nice well aerated plug please yes <laughs> all right what Sorry. do you mean an aerated plug wait what does I'm that mean i'm thinking of a little swooping session but it can't be too hot bodies so it needs to be real far apart like uh lizards doing push-ups like with lots of tall arms involved <laughs> anyway weird visual oh, I, I love you mom. sorry mom i know right. sorry mom okay okay Anyone have anything to comment on, please write us. And we love you. And have a great week, all. Bye. is a 2013 book by Sheryl Sandberg, the cheap operating <laughs> Sheryl Sandberg, the cheap operating fuck. The 2013 book written by Sheryl Sandberg, the cheap fuck. Sheryl Sandberg, the cheap operating officer fuck. Dude, that's so hard to say.